There's never been a better time to get revved up about a new Harley-Davidson from Fraser Harley-Davidson. The all-new 2018 range is now available for your viewing pleasure and test ride. Visit Fraser Harley-Davidson, 153 to 165 Parramatta Road, Concord, and experience firsthand the wide range of models on offer. Purchase one of these 2018 Harley-Davidson motorcycles and become part of the next custom revolution. For more information, go to FraserSydneyHarley.com.au today. You are listening to the Hello Sport Podcast. All right, punters, dribblers, welcome to the Hello Sport Podcast, home of unqualified opinion and unwavering bias. Now, make sure that if you are up and about today, make sure you check out the Late Show with Matty Johnson tonight, Thursday night, 7.30, also NRL 360. It's on from Monday to Thursday, but tonight it's going to be on 6.30, leading into the Matty Johns show, and then there's a special grand final review on the 1st of October. So, I mean, let's be honest here. If you're into your rugby league, Eddie, like if we're being honest here, you go to Fox League for your rugby league. That's exactly right, yeah. You don't go to anywhere else because there's nowhere else that has the dedication to bring in you the comprehensive wraps, the ins, the outs, the X's and the O's, and the breakdown of what's going on. I don't change the channel, Tom. No. I don't change the channel. If I want league... I go 502, baby. It's money for jam. Best shows, best analysis, best people... Greatest game of all. Can't get enough of it. Don't change the channel. Fox League. Another interview this week. We're rolling them out, Eddie, aren't we? We're rolling them out. Oh, we're rolling them out, Tom. And uh, look, this week's no different. He's uh, played rugby league for the Raiders, the Roosters, the Eels, the Storm. He's played in Wigan. He's played for his state, Eddie, in blue. Oh, he's done it all, hasn't he? He's done it all. He's won a prem, and now in retirement, he works for Fox Sports, Fox League, commentates footy. He's on Matty Johns' show. He's on the Professor's show. He's a larrikin of rugby league, Eddie. We love a larrikin. We love a larrikin on this show. Can't wait to yarn with, with the great man, Brett Finch. Brett, what a pleasure. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me, boys. What a pleasure, mate. Yeah, it's an absolute pleasure. Uh, 330 uh, games of rugby league. Uh, Want to start back at the start, though, if we can, uh, of your rugby league career out in Canberra. Is that that's where, yeah. you, that's where you debuted? Yeah, that's right. I was uh, a Newcastle boy, and the old man, um, old man got a job down there at the Raiders. So, um, like most things, that's how I get my jobs. That's who I know, not how good I am. <laughs> so, uh, I got to start, at, start down there in the uh, SG ball for Canberra and, and made my way through uh, into uh, the Raiders. You debuted at 17, hey, yeah. first grade. That's, I mean, you're not even allowed to legally do that nah. nowadays with the NRL, hey? Well, yes, yeah, that's a certain age group now. It's um, So it looked pretty bright at that stage. Obviously, I didn't go on and reach the uh, great heights that you thought if someone debuted at 17. But uh, no, I was lucky down there. They, they um, you know, growing up in Newcastle, if I'd stayed there, I probably would, never would have played halfback. They had a pretty good bloke up there, yeah. Andrew Johns at the time. So uh, Yeah, not bad. Yeah, he was okay. Um, <laughs> we had similar issues off the field, but... Um, a bit, he was a bit better than me on it, but uh, no, it was, I got an opportunity a lot earlier than I probably would have, and it was, it was really good. I enjoyed it. Um, what's it like in, with Canberra now? Is Canberra sort of seems like a place that struggles to attract players? Where maybe not so much back in the day, but well, I mean, you know, when there was yeah. the sort of the great teams in the nineties. Yeah. Now it's kind of like, I don't know whether it's just because of how connected everyone is, and everyone can sort of see how much fun everywhere else is in the world. Yeah. But like, was it a hard place, or because you were sort of before that social media age, and was it an enjoyable place to sort of to play? Yeah, I, I think too. Yeah, I really enjoyed my time down there. I enjoyed my time at, at all clubs. I think the big thing too that yeah, during the nineties, late eighties and nineties, their side was unbelievable. You know, it was chock full of stars you know Hall of Famers and uh, obviously led by Malmeninga 
who's the latest immortal. But I think, too, that the scouting wasn't as strong as it is now. Now you've got scouts picking up players from all over Australia, you know, New South Wales, Queensland, uh, the Pacific Islands, New Zealand. So they so they cover everywhere. Yeah. Well, you know, it's probably 20 years ago, you sort of stuck to your own area. So Canberra had that Riverina area, which got a lot of players from Wagga and Tamora and Young, um, where now you, your best scouts go in and, and pick from best everywhere. players from anywhere. So, And on, on, on the back of that, Canberra haven't been as strong in the first grade, so it's probably a lot harder to entice at players. players. And, and that's going to be Melbourne Storm's problem moving forward. You know, for the last 15 years, you know, the, the big carrot on top was you get to play with Smith, Slater and Cronk and get coached by Bellamy. So, you know, when those guys move on and, and the coach is not there anymore, that's going to be a harder sell for people to move away from their homes, yeah. you know, to play down in a foreign league city like, like Melbourne. But, yeah, Canberra have had that struggle and probably have had to pay overs to, to get people down there. On on Canberra, do you, like, because you're pretty close to a lot of players, I imagine, still, like, you you know, you keep your ear to the ground, so to speak. Is When people get offered a, a job at Canberra, they're like, ooh. Canberra. Do you know what I mean? Like, is that a thing or is that just something that think, we imagine? Think, you know I what think, I mean? I think the politicians even say that when they get off. <laughs> uh, I, I think if, if, you're, if you're a country boy, I think if you had to come from Sydney to go down there, you know, living on the beach, I know I, I found it tough because I was a, you know, I was a water baby, so to speak, but um, I think it's where you're at in your career. You know, if, if the thing with Canberra, they've got to probably try and develop their players. It's going to be harder for them to get you know, a, you know, a, an origin class yeah. in, in their prime, you know, because it, it's a bit like that, you know, like where you could be Cooper Cronk living at Mossman on the Harbour playing for the Roosters. <laughs> Making just as much and, money. Or you could be going down living in, uh, <laughs> living in Fadden Hills or Tuggernaut. Yeah. You know? training, in, training in one yeah, degree. so that's going to be hard. But if, but if you're younger looking for an opportunity or the end of your career and um, just looking to hang on for a couple of years, um, <laughs> like I did, um, you know, it's probably more enticing. But you're right, it's harder for them to get the you know, those cherry cherry ripe stars in the middle of their careers. Um, so you were at Raiders for a couple of years and then you've moved up to Sydney and the Roosters. What was it like going from, I mean, the Raiders side to the team that's just won the competition? Yeah. It's in like the fishbowl. It's yeah. like the, the Man United of the Rugby League yeah. almost. Well, You're this young, you know. Yeah, it was all time because they just won the comp. So man, I, I could walk in any nightclub. <laughs> There was a Sydney there just run the con- and I just jumped on their coattails. It was glorious. Uh, free drinks everywhere. So you come to the club in sort of October, November, you know, for, for pre-season. So um, a lot of the boys were still in party mode and I just jumped on back that bandwagon getting free drinks everywhere and walking in there. The club it was glorious. Probably the worst thing was that it was a very good-looking side. So from a single guy standpoint at the time, I went from sort of a higher up on the ladder in Canberra to rock bottom. Uh, I certainly wasn't You're a take- Canberra 10. Yes, I'm a Canberra you know. 10 but I'm a Bondi minus two you know what I mean with the lights off maybe a three, three and, and a half, half four yeah soft four <laughs> who was doing all the work oh well Wingy Wingy and Rico yeah. they, they were the you know, studs they, yeah they were the studs and then Minicello's Minnie not was one, Minnie was one of the best and, and he was my running mate um we were great mates. We played junior kangaroos. We were actually best men for each other's wedding. And um, but back in the time, he, he was a bit like me. He was a scallywag, and um, you know, if you're going out, priority one was to get as drunk as possible. Um, you know, Miss World could come up to us at midnight and say, "Let's go," and we'd go, "No, wait, it's midnight. We're not going anywhere." There's, you know, this nightclub closes in six hours. You know, so we, we were we were um, we were sparring pals, and it was like our birds of a feather flock together. So. Um, but we, we ran together But there's a lot, lot of single blokes Mick Crocker um, yeah. He was mad um, Chris Flannery um, We had Chris oh, Walker God, there yeah. For a few years Oh Jesus um, yeah. It was just 
Yeah, and Adrian Morley, Craig Fitzgibbon. It was, yeah. it was such a great team, and uh, you know most of the guys loved the beer and, and had good times. And uh, but yeah, certainly um, the standard for me went up quite a few levels coming coming into the eastern yeah. suburbs of Bondi. And growing up in Newcastle, then going to Canberra, and then stepping straight in the eastern suburbs, like wow. Obviously, the big dog was Freddie. Yeah. Um, you know, I, that's when I, you know, you're coming in and, and I'm driving like the old Mazda 323 shitbox, you know. Um, you know, you know, you give your cars names and they used to call it Sunline, just battled on and I crash it and keep going. When you get, when Freddie's driving BMW, you know, like that's when I was like, whoa, this is the, the you're playing thing. with the big dogs, you know. And he, he was living in the city, an apartment in the city, and you go in there and say, overlooking the Harbour Bridge, you know, I've just come from suburban Newcastle and Canberra, yeah. so I was like, wow, this yeah, is, right. you know, you're rocking around, you're going for a drink and it's on the boats on, on yeah, the city. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, as opposed to down at Mooseheads yeah. or whatever. Yeah, you're on a $3 rum. You can't do it from the bar because your shoes are stuck to the floor because of the urine and rum people have dropped um, So, yeah, it was, it was like, well, this is it. But it was, it was, even with, Training was a lot harder. You know, those, those guys, Freddie was an amazing leader. Um, yeah. Like, he was my hero growing up, and then I got to play with him, and he became a great mate. And, you know, his, his ability to say, right, let's go have a good time, and it's like he'll give you the greatest time in the world. But then go to training, and he'll – it's the hardest training session, you know. Like, yeah. he, he, had a, he had a great ability between being a great mate and a great captain, and, and that was why it was so good because – it wouldn't have been as fun if we weren't winning, you know. So you're winning at the same time as having the best time ever at the age of 23, 22, 23. And it's like, this is how could this? It doesn't get any better. You said that he was a hero of yours growing up, Freddie. <laughs> Did he exceed your expectations? Like, yeah. obviously, you're a young kid from Newcastle via Canberra, like Freddie's Freddie, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, um, Yeah, he did. He did, and it's... Uh, like, we're, we're very good mates. We're still close mates today. But when I walked in, he was my hero growing up, you know, when I was 10 and 11. And um, I always used to think if I could, you know, he was about, Fred's about nine, eight years, nine years older than me. I thought if I could make first grade by 20 and he'll be 29, 30, you know, I could yeah. be able to play with him. And I did. And, and I played my first origin game with him. So, you know, a lot of my dreams come true in that respect to got to play with him. But a funny story with Fred, I was in camera. I just signed for the Roosters. So it was the year before I was in Canberra, and we played the Roosters, and they were on that hot streak on the way, winning to the grand final, and, and they smashed us. We're going to shake hands. Uh, like, he's shaking hands. I was going, I'm not going to see Freddie coming. Like, oh. And Freddie shook me and looked at me and went, very disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> my, knee, my knee started showing. I'm like, I'm like, I'm starting to well. You know, when you get, it's like when you get some onion in your eye, you're trying to stop. You're trying to stop from crying, but your face is all squishing up because you can, you're trying to stop the tears, but then your mouth pouts and your cheeks, you know. And Simon Wolf would be kept around and goes, did he just say what I think he said? And I'm like, no, no, no. I'm trying to... So anyway, for Freddie, it's like probably when I did late in my career, you say stuff and you don't even remember. Like, I come to like, Freddie hates me. My hero hates me. Like, I can't come to the Roosters. I was devastated. Anyway, we ended up getting there, and Freddie was it was awesome. And I ended up telling him, like, six months later, and he was, he was cracking up laughing. He was, was hilarious. I said, what the fuck are you laughing about? I said, mate, I didn't sleep for six months because she said this to me. My hero, you know what I mean? So it's, uh, it was funny when he did that years later. I love Shane Warne as well. Uh, we, with, uh, we, yeah, yeah. Uh, who doesn't show? I was with a mate down in uh, the races, and he was in the marquee. I was in. And my mate's going, oh, come on, I know how much you love him. I said, I can't do it. I still had Freddie's memory in the background. <laughs> I said, if, if I go two from two here, and I, I said, I'll be devastated if Warnie brushes me off. And anyway, I went over. Very disappointing, Yeah, mate. I went over and said hello to Warnie, and uh, we ended up having a dart together. And I thought, oh, oh, yes. Oh, yeah, I've still got that butt somewhere yeah, in the frame. Exactly, yeah, I'm still smoking at home. <laughs> but, um, Is yeah. he a winner, Shane? 
Yes, he was great. What do you reckon? Yeah, well, like, but I just, you know, I've yeah. never met him. Yeah, he no, was good. I know he's a winner, but yeah, yeah he was good. Yeah. But Brett's met him. No, that's yeah. true. He, he was good. He was he just, you know, when you go, you know what? He probably didn't give a rat's ass what I was saying, but he looked like he was interested. Yeah, yeah, he's interest. So I appreciate it. No, man's man. But yeah, Freddie was great. Like, he certainly. And like, like I said, now we're, we're great mates now. But uh, he he was a ripper just in terms of for my footy. Like he, I played probably my best footy alongside of him, which wouldn't be hard because he's so good. But just to be in and around him, and you know, like I said, you have so much fun. His leadership, he's like, he's just so, such a charismatic bloke. So whether it's leading you to have a beer, you know, just yeah. your arm easy, or come on, mate, I need you to work hard. You know, he can get the best out of you in, in any situation. And, um, yeah, and you've seen that with the, with the Blues this year. Yeah. Like he's a tremendous leader, and he's a bit smoking mirrors with the, the facade you see with him on the footy show. That's a part of his character, but, you know, there's so many more layers, so much depth to how, you know, the, the, the fire and the drive in him. And that's why, you know, you talk about blokes delivering it. You know, he, he debuted at 17. He played for Australia at 18, so... I debuted at 17 got sacked at 18 you know? <laughs> <laughs> he went on to be yeah. Yeah. Is, that, is that his great strength do you think his leadership more yeah. than anything yeah, yeah. I just what he can get out of players and from, from himself you know for someone who started so young he's probably best years and he'll tell you in his last three or four years you know of yeah. his career um, where you know he's supposed to go the other way you know supposed to be petering yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah he, he's, he was an amazing leader and that's what he Think that because he's so broad with he can relate to so many people, so, you know, he can, he's doing stuff with the homeless, and you know, he could sit and talk to the president or prime minister, or he can relate to a lot of people, so yeah. that's why he's so good with these young kids this day and age. Where some of the old school can get a bit, you know, could do their head in some of the trying kids. to re- relate but to someone, he relates who's... to them. And, and uh, I thought this year was a perfect timing to put him in as origin. You've seen the results we got, and thank God because we couldn't put up Mate, too much more. No, music. we couldn't have. Um, and on the, the just with Freddie and the way you're talking about how you know uh, he's happy to go out and get on it, but then when training comes down, it's like it's a different thing. I remember someone sort of saying something about Joey, where there was an origin. Like he, when one time Joey sort of came into an Origin camp, it might have even been in '05 yeah. when they lost the first two games, and then as soon as he got Joe, like Joey came in, he just sort of, you know, Joey's as loose as anyone off the field, but just can completely just run the show and sort of command the respect of everyone and have everyone sort of doing what they need to do. Is that sort of the same? Yeah, and it's a lot with a lot of greats and their their strength. Like that's why they go so mad off the field. Is why they train because train so hard. You know they can. There's just something about them. They can push themselves harder than anyone else. Or in situations, they can they can dig a little deeper. You know, yeah. so, um, you know. At some point, every, your head it, your head tells you to stop. It's too hard. Or don't do another. You know, don't do another lap. Or don't do another rep of gym. Another. You know. Don't go to the gym at all. Yeah. That's don't, what's in my head. Stay in bed. Don't get. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but some part is well. Keeps going. No, I got to keep going, and that's what they'll like off the field. They would lead everything off the field. They're, you know, they're holding court and telling the stories, and they're the last ones home. But then they're the, you know, they're obviously the, that weird, whatever thing in their head that gets them up, and they go and, and train harder than everyone and yeah. lead everything. And that's why they get the, especially when I come through. That's how you, you know, if you you did both, you know, you, you could get away with a bit on the field because the, the coaches would get let you get away with it because they know. Players love that in in those type of leaders, you know, because yeah. you're you know the old school boys boy, and you're as big as Scallywag. But when it's time to go, you, you go, and, and you'd get players that would just if with that sort of leader, you'd go, yeah, like he's my man. I'll do anything for him. Yeah. Know? What was it like with the pressure of the of 
playing at a club like like the Roosters in the sense of like it's one where you know you can be Mitchell Pearce and you get shown the door yeah, if you're three, not, three minor premierships and you get and asked. you get asked like no. what's what's I mean that seems to be a, that's not like a recent thing no. it's just sort of they expect either rings or yeah. see you later well I certainly um, I certainly feel for Pearcey I look at Pearcey's career and I see similarities to mine you know he started young we're at the Roosters and we, you know, we, we were never the greatest, but we were good at what we did, and uh, we copped a lot of criticism from Malign players, and yeah, that's what it was at the Roosters. The big thing for me was when Freddie retired, it, was, it left a huge gap there. Uh, Freddie was a good buffer for for the team, and, and Ricky Stewart and Nick Politis and the and the the hierarchy at the Roosters because he was such well respected. So we lost him, we weren't performing, and. There was pressure from the club after making three grand finals in a row. There was just, just that expectation, yeah. uh, like similar to the Roosters, just had gone by that. Um, you know, every year it's not making finals; it's winning, winning grand finals. And we'd lost two grand finals in a row and made three grand finals, and it was, still wasn't good enough. You know, yeah. so the pressure was, was there. That there was pressure on Sticky, and then Sticky was just pressure on me as a heart and then I'm putting it on the team when we're playing so it certainly got to that point oh five oh six that it wasn't a healthy environment to play in and there needed to be changes and, and as a halfback you know you, you're the you're the bloke who gets the praise that wins so you've got to take the the um, criticism when you lose so and, and then Sticky so me and Sticky moved on in, in uh, 2006 um, there needed to be changes and um, what was it like though for you having that pressure and trying to play yeah. well with that stress yeah, just well, as like because you're still a kid you yeah know what I mean? like, well, you don't play you, it's a lot I'd cop a lot of the blame in meetings like every week the, the stick can really unload you know yeah. and I'm getting the blame for it and I didn't mind that because I'll protect the, I'd take blame for players then I, I'd, I'd look at you and I know you sure fault yeah you right. stuffed that play up but I'm the halfback I was a, but then the the thing where it doesn't get it, it gets unhealthy because I'd go on the field with a, you know I'm not thinking clearly because I'm thinking if you if you don't do your job, you're I'm getting probably, the blame. Yeah. So if you're making an error on the field, I'm then launching into you, yeah. You know, and I've got this negative vibe in my body, and now I'm putting it on you, and yeah. your confidence is down because I've just unloaded on you. Or I could unload on you, and you're like stuff that, and you're back into me. So we're arguing. It's just it's just not a healthy. I, I didn't handle it well, and, and probably. It needed we you know, a lot of people needed a change there, and I was one of them. And um, you know, in '06, well, I was still contracted the next year, but as we got the old, oh, we don't want you to go, but you can. If an opportunity comes. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. Like, we like you. You can hang around, but don't stay too long. So you really get going. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, but I love my time at the Roosters. It was you know, for a young kid that four or five years there was was as enjoyable uh, as anyway. I think I remember reading. Uh, maybe correct me if I'm wrong, Tom, but I think Matty Johns said when he was trying to poach Mitchell to the Knights, he said, he asked him a question, he goes, what do you feel when you win? Do you feel elation or do you relief. feel relief, right? Can you relate to that yeah. in some sense? And, uh, and and drinking was a lot bigger back then, but I you'd, wouldn't say you had a problem with drinking, but the, just that if you'd win or you'd lose, that next couple of hours where you could just rip, like you'd just launch into alcohol, so you get that numbness and like, oh, I think like... Relief. You get that couple of hours where your brain is just not working. Switched off. Well, yeah, yeah, it doesn't work most of the time, but it's just, you know, it's not thinking footy, it's not feeling the pressure, it's not like... Yeah. You can just, you're in that state where you get a couple of hours, because the next morning you're up and away, you're into the next week again, and it's it's another weak build-up of the pressure and the knowing that oh, if we don't win, I'm going to get, you know, I'm getting more hammered, sure, or, yeah. or, or if you do win, it's like, you know... So, so yeah, it's quite tough, and it's quite a hard position to, to play. And I look at Pearcey's situation, mate. They, 
PC couldn't have done any more to get them into the grand final last year. He was the player of the year. I think Fergo dropped the ball and the Cowboys scored. Then PC set up Boyd Cordner for a break. And then uh, Connor Watson scored to put him back in front. And then they led another try. So I was like, man, this, this number seven can't do any more. Yeah. He's your player of the year. And, and no one tries harder than PC. And But that's just... Is, he un, is Pierce unlucky because he was put in Origin and couldn't win Origin, so like it, which only sort of intensified yeah, yeah. the scrutiny it, on him? It and all is, that sort and of you shit. know it's ridiculous. Like I look at some of those blokes in that New South Wales team, and they're cowards for not. Like it's Pierce's fault this year. It's Pierce, like Pierce's fault seventh year in a row. Like yeah, right. where's me forwards? Where's me captain coming forward? Going hey, <laughs> get off his back. It's a team as forwards. We, you know they're not. They weren't losing games by one or two decisions from Pierce. They were getting belted by fifty. Did Pierce let all those tries in? It, it was just outrageous how. It just snowballed into this, well, here's the easy target. And, and if I'm Piercy and I was playing with some of these guys, I'm going in the next year looking at you going, well, you, you're not sticking up for me. I haven't, you know, I haven't seen you come yeah. out and go, no, it's, it's our fault, the forwards, or it's a team effort. So, um, I still think, I think on form, before he done his uh, peck this year, he was the best halfback in New South Wales. But I think that change has been as good for him to go up there. He's... yeah. Even though he's a Balmain boy or a Sydney boy, he's got that. Uh, he's got to be a Newcastle in Percy. <laughs> <laughs> he's very much a scallywag. Yeah, yeah. You know, he, he loves a beer and footies his life. And uh, mate, Newcastle have really taken to him. He, he's uh, he's like one of their own. He's he's a bit like the um, other bloke who wore the number seven up there. They're um, they enjoy their footy and train hard, and they're, they're very popular amongst their teammates. So yeah. I'm uh, I'm happy for him. He's doing well. Just on the Roosters, just to put a bow on them, uh, Nick Politis, at least from my perspective, seems in some ways as big as the Roosters. Yeah. They sort of go hand in hand. You know what he I mean? Is the Roosters. Yeah. Like, do you? How involved is he in a, in the day to day operations of the Roosters? Um, I, there's no doubt behind the scenes, Nick's massive, and, and his standing in the game is huge. He's done so much for rugby league. He's a terrific man, Nick. Um, nothing's ever personal with him. Um, you know, obviously. Uh, Any time I've ever seen Nick at the footy, he would always go out of his way and come and say hello, you know. And, that, and I'd left there sort of 12, 13 years ago. So uh, he cares for his players. Uh, obviously, when you've got someone like Robbo there who's done a terrific job as coach, I, I think he's an amazing coach. Is it four minor premierships? Yeah, four minor premierships in six years. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Um, so he's probably not as hands-on in the footy department, but behind the scenes with... You know how how the, the club's going. He, he would have third party deals and such. Yeah, getting all those paper, brown paper bags organised. <laughs> yeah. uh, Lunch uh, orders. Only joking, Nick. Here's your new car. Here's, here's your new car. What do I get? Oh, here's just some drink vouchers for the pub. Oh, I'll take them. But uh, no, he's uh, he's done a lot for rugby league and done so much for that club. You know, he's been involved now for thirty odd years. Um, Again, wrapping up Roosters, but what's Ricky Stewart like? I mean, he's sort of first year coaching wins a premiership, and then he has the next two years, at least in the grand final. He's coaching like he gets he gets a fair bit of shit, Ricky, or like on and off for his coaching record. What was he like uh, yeah. for you? I get on great with Stick. It was um, when it was good, it was great. When when it was bad, it was, it was horrible. You know, because we're very similar people. We don't mind confrontation. We're a little hot headed. Mm. You know, we're competitive. We spit the dummy a bit. We don't handle losing well, which is not a bad thing. But I guess early days, 03, 04, when I got there, you know, you're making grand finals. And it was great. My game went to a different level. I nearly won the Dally M in 04. And, um, and that had a lot to do with Sticky. He was tremendous. The next couple of years, the environment wasn't probably good for our personalities and how we handled it. You know, we... Um, 
we both tried it. We just wanted to win so much, you know, probably in a team where other blokes weren't as, as competitive or wanting that desire as much and we weren't winning and sometimes you clash, you know, and, and uh, he just wanted to win, I just wanted to win and we're at a club that just wanted to win even more, you know, and, yeah. we, and when you're not doing that, the, you know, and you're the halfback and you're the coach, the, you know, the questions are usually, you know, all the, the, you're going to provide the answers or responsible for why you're not delivering and, um, you know, we I enjoyed my time there, but yeah, when um, when we weren't playing good, would he certainly give me plenty of great spray stickies? So. Yeah, <laughs> and I've, had, I've had them off most coaches, but he um, is he the best in the business? Yeah, spray Gus, wise? Gus gave me a beauty once. Um, Gus seems like Gus, a good yeah, and, and it was weird because Gus was involved in in that era too. And yeah, you'd have Gus Hemier, and then. <laughs> Um, Sticky would come and hammer me as well. I'm like, you just sitting here. Gus just give it to me for 10 minutes. You know, like, well, Gus took us to a video session once and Sticky was the coach. So Sticky was filthy because Gus came in and took over the video session. Right. And well, it was after a game against Cronulla. Gus was hammering me. Every time I got the ball on the video, he's just going, Bleh. So all these other blokes are laughing and I'm like, fucking, I've just been getting hammered. And anyway, I've put a kick in and it stopped like a metre from the dead ball on. And David Peachy's picked it up and Sir Soliola has come flying at him. It's like a wet Dewey United uh, Cronulla. And it's like, steady yourself, Sia. You know, like you run away. And Peachy, Peachy just steps him and like, Sia can't stop him. No, boy. He ends up at, uh, he nearly ends up in the swamp out the back of the like, Sia's going that far. And Peach just, Beats him and takes off down the field. So anyway, Gus, we're watching the video. This is after him. Yeah, he's, he's fake spewed eight times every time I've touched the ball. And um, we're watching the video, and he's going, "That's a terrible kick." And I'm going, "And I had that enough." I go, "Mate, there's fucking nothing wrong with that kick." Like, see him miss the tackle. There was there was nothing wrong with the kick. Anyway, he turns, he snaps his head, Gus, and Gus's head's purple. Like, he's got that weird skin, Gus. He's so imagine Gus's head; it's purple. He's got steam in his ears. Because no one talks back to Gus, and I'd had enough, and he just turned, his eyes were black, his face was purple, and he just looked at me and he goes, you shut your mouth, boy. Like, he goes, I'll have you back in Canberra quicker than I got you here. And, like, and it's like, you know, you see those cartoons where people sit back in their chair, and it's like the head, like the, my head was like peeled back in the wall. It's like, yeah, I shit myself then with Gus. But, but then, uh, but yeah, I, I, uh, I copped the bit, especially the 05, 06. It probably deserved 50% of it. You've, you've, and you had Bellamy as well with yeah. the storm. Like, you've been in amongst yeah. some fucking spraymen. Yeah. Well, Ake's just a spitter. Um, but Ake's a ripper. He's, um, if he gives you a spray, like, he, you could be talking to him, like, hey, go and be like, I'm fucking good. I'm just going to get a coffee. Like, I'm grabbing a coffee. I'm going for a fucking walk. I'm going for a swim. And, going, like, and he's that Spelliak. He's just animated. You know? so, so a lot of the times he's probably giving players compliments in the coach's box. It's like he's lying up. But, but, uh, I, had a great, I had a great relationship with Spelliak because we didn't talk much to each other, which was great. Um, I got amazing respect for the guy, but because we were winning down there, it, it um, like, you'll see him in the box. Like, I... I remember the first game I went down there before I signed with them. Cooper Cronk put a kick in at the old Olympic Park where the in goals were like a metre. And it went dead. And I looked up at the big screen and bellyaches unloaded on him. In the, and I'm thinking, fuck, has he seen how I kicked? Like, <laughs> like the back fence was invented to stop my balls rolling up into the crowd. You know? like, I'm thinking that, and, and we're at Olympic Park where the ground, the in goals are four metres. Usually they're like eight metres at every... Yeah. I said, this is going to be horrible. Like, so uh, you're like, every time I kick, I make a mistake in the game, I'd refuse to look at the big screen. It's, it's, it's crazy that they even you know, go to that on yeah, the big screen. It was, it was such a well thing wrong. now. It, it, like, 
like they don't go to Wayne Bennett as much because he's like stone faced. He don't give anything away. We're we're bellyache. Um, they know, do go to the he, he, he loses the toss and it's like, <laughs> yeah, like yeah, he's got a horrible poker um, face. Yeah, so uh, but but he's got an amazing ability to. You can you watch you watch the game actually on the weekend. He's walking up and down the coach's box and carrying yeah. on. But then you you would get into the sheds at half time and you wouldn't even know he'd be calm and really? presents his message well. And really, okay. yeah, very rarely if he unloaded on you, you'd know you'd know going in at half time we're going to cop a spray. Yeah. You'd have that have to be going pretty bad the boys at Melbourne for them to cop something. Cop something spray. Um, how noticeable was the change going from like we'll just in, not just the change but say you've gone Raiders. Roosters, Eels, but how noticeable is the difference between Bellamy and the Melbourne setup to everything oh, else? Hundred levels. Yeah, is that right, and, mate? They are the best organisation. It is ridiculous, you know. Really, like, uh, it was off another planet. It, it was like going to a new, going to play a new league. Uh, how professional they were, and, and for myself, I guess too. You know, without, I enjoyed every club I was at. Every club was great, but probably for me too. I was about twenty eight then. I finally thought, you know what, I've got to four years to go here. I never I gotta be a bit more professional is professional, you know. Yeah. So I certainly brought Take it seriously, twenty eight. Yes, about I'm time. Start having a go. <laughs> um, so I yeah, so going down there yeah, it was a great place to, to play footy and I think too when your best players are your hardest trainers. I went down there nine and I did a truck with my first training session, I did some media stuff after it. So I was on the field for about an hour after and I I went to finish some media stuff and Billy Slater and Cameron Smith were still out there training and at that stage they'd made three grand finals, you know. They've gone on to do animals stack more. Yeah. But I was thinking even then, like, what are these folks doing? They're the best players. They should be the they shouldn't be showered at home, but they're they were the hardest workers. So that sets a tone for anyone that if you want to play in this team, he's your standard. You gotta set with with how hard you work, and it's the same with Belly. You you can get in there at three o'clock in the morning, and Belly in the gym lifting weights, you know, and you can walk out at Jeez. eight o'clock at night, and he's still on his computer. I don't know, he could be looking at porn or something. But, know, but he's still he's still in his office, he's still working, he's still working, and yeah. it's and that's the case now. You know that I think if they make the grand final this weekend, it's eight grand finals in sixteen years. So it's like once one every two years. He's, yeah. It's Unbelievable. a psycho record. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. You were talking uh, you were talking up Freddie before, and rightly so. You'd played with another all-timer, probably an immortal, in yeah. Cameron Smith. What's he like? He's the best I've seen, best player I've seen. Um, him and Freddie would be the best players I've played with, probably Minicello as well, Min. Um, but Smith's the best I've seen. To do... What he's done for so long, you know, he's 34, 35. I was 34 last year. He wins the M, like wins the M with two rounds to go. Like they stopped the voting, so yeah, he won by nine votes. Like this is just ridiculous. That's three rounds of uh, forty. And Captain's Queensland gets the uh, Man of the Series, uh, Kangaroos World Cup, and the Premiership as well for the Storm. And it's his second World Cup and his yeah, like fourth and Premiership. Pro- yeah, and so he's had he's had like probably one of the greatest individual years at 34. Or making forty tackles a game, and oh, he just, gets through a lot yeah, of work. Yeah, if it was a New South Wales man, he'd be loved in this country. You know, he's a Queensland, he's a Queensland yeah. living in Melbourne, so Sydney hate him. <laughs> like the ultimate hatred for a Sydney person, a Queenslander living in Melbourne and, and succeeding, yeah. and successful. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. that's why I used to hate uh, Smithy before I'd go down there because I was a New South Wales man, and I'm from Newcastle. I know Bedsy well. And then Smithy starts winning, and I'm team beds in New South Wales. And, yeah. like, and not only is he winning, 
doesn't look like he's trying, which pisses you off even more. <laughs> you know, you, I used to play and I'd be, you know, spitting the dummy and blowing up and all over the shop. He's like Roger Federer. He's made 40 tackles. Why aren't you sweating? <laughs> <laughs> You're down by five, six points. Why aren't you blowing up at the referee? That referee just made the wrong call. How can you talk to him like, it's just so, you know? Yeah. It's 30 degrees out here. Why don't you have a drop of sweat on you? Like, yeah. why are you so composed? Like, like, and he just, I used to hate that he was so good and hate that he he won all the time. You are, you mentioned Mini there before, but you didn't mention Slater. I don't know if yeah. it's an intentional thing, but do, did you? No, yeah, Bill. I, I, if I, I, I was, me and Mini, I just played longer and we had and a, your mates. Yeah, and we had a better uh, combination. But Billy's amazing, mate. He's probably the best fullback ever. Yeah. Um, he's, again, he's... The best thing about Bill's is competitiveness. Like he's gonna want to beat you at anything. Like off the like, and he's got a fiery streak in him. Like yeah. Right now, well, if I, I can't beat you at this, I'll fight you and I'll win the fight. You know, <laughs> you beat me at marbles or you beat me at cards, but I'm going to put one on your jaw and I'll, I'll win the fight. <laughs> he is just a ripper, and and he, his games developed where he's always had that amazing attacking ability, but just his toughness and the way he defends and puts his body on the line and his desire like you look how many the, the rules have changed because for him he used to slide his legs because he's trying to stop tries and he used then, to stop them yeah and then he's the shoulder barge people go so the shoulder barge was it like he's the ground he covers in defence he's just the, he's he's a great leader in his, in his own right um, you know they've a bit different leadership styles Smithy and and uh, Bill, but you know, Stephen Cooper there, they all had great leadership styles that differed from each other, but, but Billy was amazing and um, I'm so happy to see him finish this year the way he did in Origin. He come back captain and, and had man an of absolute, the series. absolute blinder. Yeah. Man, played three minutes, got man of the series. <laughs> he seems to me like probably the best reader of the, of the game there maybe ever yeah. has been. Like, I don't think Paul Mitchell Pierce found the grass in nah. every Origin game he ever played. Uh, did you ever get a sense of that yeah. when you play with him? Like, it, at video sessions or training or whatever? Yeah, well, that's he hit the nail on the head there. He's... The homework he puts in, like, the amount of video he watches... And you know what? For, for, a lot, for a guy who doesn't play... I know that fullback role's changed, but he's like a halfback or in terms of his knowledge on, I think this play will work, or... Yeah. This is how we should kick. This is the type of kick where we can get the bike out of position. Or he he's he can break down a game as good as any halfback or player I've ever seen. Um, and and usually those plays involve him, which is you know like like he'll it got was funny. He'd always and he'd be always looking to you know push the envelope in terms of I think we can do more. I think we can improve here. Let's try this. Uh, and he put in a lot of work on the on the uh, computers to watching lots of video and and he was amazing and you've seen a lot of stuff Melbourne do a lot of trick shots or like Billy probably would have came up with them because he's, he's got an um, like as good as any playmaker with his ability to go well, you know I think this team's weak in this area I think if we do this play I think we can expose him and most of the play that involved him you know who had an unbelievable attacking you know just to enact to play what he sees as well but he also had a great ability to you know come up with some sort of plan or move that, that could break down a team that's crazy. And um, you were talking about how competitive he is before, which I assume, like, I mean, it's sort of any sort of elite athlete to some degree is ridiculously yeah. competitive. Is there any point where you, like, I mean, maybe you're quite competitive yourself, but where it's like you've got 30 of the most competitive people in the world here. Like, 
is it sort of hard to deal with at times or does t- do tempers get, uh, you know, boil over where you're like, not just on the training pack, but you're like, you know what, mate? Like, I'm not playing you again, Bill. Like, I'm beating you. Like, I can't. And no, we're yeah. not fighting. No, we're, no, we're not fighting, uh, mate. It's just like, table tennis. No. Yeah, no, I can't. Don't bat at my head. Um, yeah, there's different. Every, like, every place to play NRL has got some sort of competitive streak higher than probably the, the average norm. person. Every every great every champion, their biggest strengths their competitiveness. Now, you know, you look at Thurston and Johns, and you just add on top of that, they've got unbelievable skill. In, you know, but yeah, you know, with me, I had an unbelievable competitive streak, but I had no skill and ability, so <laughs> that's what I could get. So, so you, you little do, unfair. Yeah, 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 but, yeah. You, but you get blokes who who can just switch like. If you walked into a change room and had no idea about footy and you go, which person in here doesn't give a rat's ass, you'd you point to me. You go, because I'm telling jokes. But I had an ability that when you when I was training or playing, switch on, you know, where there's other blokes who were just, their head was on from Wednesday, you know, and you couldn't say boo to them, you know. Where yeah. Cameron Smith was quite relaxed. You know, he could joke around and be serious where... You know, Bill was one of those ones that he, if he got beat, he don't go near him three days later. He's still filthy, you know. Um, really? You know, he, he had an unbelievably fiery um, streak, you know, and he, you know, like, you know, yeah. I'm competing, but if it gets push and shove on the field, I'm like, oh, reverse. <laughs> you can hear the beep, beep, you know, I'm backing out of there where someone like Bill, um, some of the bigger bloke, like where I was a smaller bloke, I couldn't hold my hands up, so I was out of there. But I played the day where he could. If you lipped off and you were close enough, they could put one on your chin. Yeah. Yeah. Nowadays, nowadays you see these halfbacks and especially these wingers running in. It's, it's like the old bloke with the lamp. Like they're coming in on the horses, the wingers with their armour because they know they're not going to get hit. But back, like, you know, halfbacks are the toughest blokes in the field. They're sitting there mouthing off to a six foot five front rower. Well, back, like I could do that, but I had to be at least three or four metres away out of arms rank and usually behind one of your front rowers, um, which Ruben Wiki was great at Canberra. I was oh, the yeah. toughest man in the world down there. I just uh, launched into bloke sledging. He just stood behind uh, Ruben. But, yeah, nowadays, like, well, if you see Billy, he would, he would be happy to... Yeah, he would back it up. Go, you know, he'd get yeah, in there. You know, he's, he's that sort of fiery as well. Um, but, yeah, there's there's a lot of blokes in, in, the, in the off-season when you're doing long sessions in hot weather, um, you know, and you're doing... Two, two days, you know, your weights and your set field, and they're big days. And, you, and it's, you know, you've been training for four weeks in some, you know, your preseason, and you're doing a wrestle session, and someone accidentally hits you in the back or does so, elbows in the face, and it's just, you, you know, you see, so yeah, you see blokes, blokes have gone at it and pushed and shoved, especially the bigger blokes. <laughs> and then, this, which is fun, like, some like me, then I'll go, mate, he said this a bit. <laughs> and the case will be going, shit, shut up, Finchie. Then I'll go, mate, he said this. He put his finger up behind. Back, you know? I try and fire it up even more because that would be fun to me. Yeah. yeah. Um, but there's those blokes who are competitive who are also, you know, they got that. Well, when he's in a bad mood or he's got the the competitive juices going, you got to steer clear a bit. Uh, three games of Origin. Yeah. Uh, mate, just give us a sense of that. I mean, for me, Origin is like the pinnacle in sport, really, in terms of a contest. I just can't get enough of it. You've played it. You've lived it. Just yeah. give us a sense of what that's like. It's the grand final is the ultimate achievement, uh, ultimate, you know, ultimate goal, ultimate achievement. Origins the the ultimate test, and and I guess uh, playing for Australia is the, the ultimate reward in terms of uh, in terms of your personal, you know, playing for Australia. But the, the ultimate reward, I guess, is uh, winning the comp, and then but the ultimate test is Origin. It's just the toughest footy. 
And like most things in, in my career, I, I sort of did it a different way than, than than usual people. I got called in late to, to two of the games. It's the first game I played uh, was in 2004, but Kamali got injured on the Sunday, so I got called in Sunday night. I'd had Ryan Cross's wedding, and we'd had the buy, so I been on the drink for two oh or three days, so, uh, two and a half days. I was at the Bronny RSL, and my phone was ringing, and I wasn't answering it. Was like, Sunday afternoon, like, Sunday for that Wednesday. So that Wednesday, oh so, my so God. We, I, we'd had the Friday night buy. So, so Saturday, Crossy's wedding, Ryan Cross's wedding, and Sunday, we're back, Sunday after we're back at the Bronny RSL, and they couldn't get hold of me. Someone must have found out I was there, or they told the. Because a, a lot of the roosters were involved in the staff, so the staff from Bronnie Harcel and the bloke did it over like their reception. <laughs> oh, Brett Finch, you've been selected in the Origin team. Please answer your phone. <laughs> so I like ten missed calls. I wasn't answering phone because I didn't know who it was. And I, so there's no way I'm leaving the pub. The RSL. So um, anyway, that I had to get going, and I ended up having a few more beers before I went but uh, I played that, that that Wednesday in Brisbane we got beat by two points but that was awesome but the, the big one was then I got to start two years later and uh, Craig Gell got injured he had a clash with Beaver Menzies the night before the game and again um, I'd been I was a little intoxicated at the time and they called me well they, they tried Joey he was out he was in, in retirement. Trent Barrett was injured. Matt Orford was injured. Peter Sterling was 80, so he couldn't play. Um, Steve Mortimer was in America, so they couldn't get hold of him. So they were stuck with me. And we played that Sunday night, uh, Sunday afternoon against the, the South. I was at the Roosters at the time. So Sunday night, it's a massive night. Monday, do a recovery session. And back then, it was Monday club. So you, Monday night, you're, you're away. And then Tuesday, you usually had a few beers Tuesday because we weren't playing again to the following Sunday for the Roosters. So again, I'm at the pub on Tuesday night and uh, just having a few beers. And then they, I get the call. I mean, I just, so I've got to go home. I've, I get a cab out to uh, Parramatta where they're staying because I can't drive because I'm blind. <laughs> and I've turned up like 11 o'clock. This is the night before the game. We're playing the next night. The staff are like going, walking in Graham Murray and that's there and like they can smell. They can smell I'm, I'm still in the M4 and they can smell me at the, the hotel. And I've turned up and the next day anyway, I forgot. They said instead of just having a game of cricket or something, we'll go to Paris Stadium and have a walkthrough so you know the place. So I've gone to get me boots. I didn't pack me boots. I was that blind. I didn't pack me boots. Who doesn't pack their footy boots? For an orange. <laughs> so that's how that's how fist I was. So anyway, I've got me Converse high tops on. The old Chuck Taylors. And the boys have got their boots on and we're training and we're going doing a training session at Paris. And I'm hung as a mother and we've got the old bloodshot eyes and it's like these blokes have been in camp for two weeks and they're going, We're just trained two weeks for this lunatic to come in. And I'm trying to do you you're trying to change angles and I'm sliding everywhere. Yeah, and they and like imagine me like I've got the old chicken legs on with high tops and no socks and footy shorts you know, you know this, this, this fucking doesn't even look like a football and the boys I get on great with all the boys and they're, they're like we love this bloke but he can't play you know we can't have him yeah. in the team he's gonna ruin everything um, anyway we did a field goal set the end of that set practice field goal and I've kicked it and I swear to god it's landed closer to the corner post it's like <laughs> that, that, okay, so they'll do in us. the high tops in the high tops yeah. I don't have no traction and some stability he was all over the shop now. and plus I was still hung over and anyway I got back after lunch I said I need to get a sleep now I'm, this is, could be horrible tonight you know? <laughs> biggest game of my life Origin and I'm going all over the shop so I get some boots delivered out 
I have a sleep and I come out of origin, I have probably the greatest game in my life and, and kick the, the field goal to, to win the game. And I've nailed it. I could have kicked it from Paddington. That's how long. I've <laughs> yeah. never hit anything sweeter. And the boys are like, you little beauty. Like, that's, how good are you? The next week, uh, the next game, I, I don't drink for like three weeks leading into game two. I have the worst game you've ever seen and I never get picked in origin again. So I went, look what happened when I got off the piss and took it seriously. I had a shocker. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> um, back to Melbourne. Grand final win mm. against your old club. Did you, in that year when you won, had, did you leave Parramatta the year before, mid-season? That year, yeah. yeah, that year. So it was like partway through the season you yeah. went to the Storm. I, yeah, I'd signed. Again, it's not normal way someone does something, which is a lot of my career. I'd, I'd end of 08, I'd re-signed three more years for that Parramatta. Michael Hagen was there. Anyway, Hague's left. Danny Landers had come. I wasn't playing good. The vibe in the team, we were struggling a bit. And I just had enough. You know, I probably lost a bit of fire and desire to play. So I, I asked for a lease. I left ah. four games into a three-year contract. Um, and I had no team to go to. I thought I was going to retire. I just walked out. And then your bellyache rung me about two weeks later after I'd released him. Maybe he's still keen to play. I thought, you know what, if, if there's anywhere to win a grand final, it's, it's down in Melbourne. And it was the best thing for me to get out of Sydney and, and get away and, and be in a team where you know, I wasn't the main ball player. You know, there was a lot of other uh, Smithy and Cooper. Never stop improving. That's the philosophy behind the dynamic new C-Class range from Mercedes-Benz. The latest generation is sportier than ever before on the outside and more intelligent and luxurious on the inside. Introducing the sedan, coupe, cabriolet and estate. The new C-Class is a range for those who demand more from themselves. Book a test drive at your authorised Mercedes-Benz retailer today and see why it's the sportiest C-Class yet. Honda's got great deals across a great range all month long. In fact, they're so great that we can't tell you exactly what they are. So what's the deal? Come in to find out, and let's help you into a Honda today. T's and C's apply. See honda.com.au for details. Bill, and so the pressure was off me. I virtually only had to catch a pass to GI, who would beat eight players and score a try, and I'd get a try. Six, so <laughs> my job was good. They said, catch a pass to GI. I said, what, I don't have to run it? Beautiful. Like, yeah. I said, I'll, I'll get it out of my hands quicker than anyone. Um, yeah, so that... So we go down to uh, Parramatta, I leave Parramatta, go to Melbourne, and sure enough, we play the Mighty Eels in, in the grand final. And then they catch fire, though. Yeah, they catch fire. Hainsey plays Hain like... just goes oh, great yeah. to another level. Hainsey plays the greatest 12-game ever, right? ever. It I, has to be. Ever. Like, that period is the greatest ever I've seen in just a small period. Of a person playing and, rugby uh, league. It's probably, probably the hindrance to his career, because... F- Anytime else, no, we can't do that. You know, well, yeah. no one has done that. You know, yeah. uh, if he'd done that, he'd going to be unbelievable. I haven't seen any player do that. So he was unbelievable, and obviously they'd come from eight, yeah. But they before that, they they were like fourteenth or thirteenth, and they had to win there nine was, yeah, of the last like, ten to get to eight. Yeah, <coughs> so, excuse me, so nine right. like just to get to eight, and then they they won another three or four in the semis. Yeah. How's the experience of the grand final for yeah. you? It was great. The best thing was. Obviously, playing for Melbourne, you got the winner's bonus at the end of the year, but I was played for Parramatta as well, so I got the losing bonus for making the grand final. So. <laughs> no, you didn't so really? I, yeah, I did, because I'm still on their books for that year. Oh, you got oh, both. You got, <laughs> yeah. 
So I, even if Parramatta won, I would have got the winning bonus as well. Oh my so god! So that was great. I won the grand final, and I also lost the grand final because I won the grand final with the Storm. We lost it with the salary cap. I lose the grand final, but then if they give it to Parramatta, I win the grand final anyway. So it was just a great year for me. How was that after after sort of? Your career, you sort of said the way you've gone, uncon- it was unconventional in yeah. terms of your path. Um, did you did you think you were going to ever were going to? Was there a point where you're like, "Fuck, I'm never going to win one"? And then you, to get one with the storm with all these legends, yeah. And uh, how did that feel? Yeah, amazing. You sort of get early in your career. You, you, if you get the uh, experience, grand finals early in your career, even though I lost two. You sort of think, well, this is going to happen every year, and then it don't happen for a long time. And you think, fuck, shit, this is hard to get to. You realise how hard it is to win it. I thought O four were, were the best team all year O four, and and you don't play your bet. You know, dogs are a very good team as well. Very close both games we played them, but we were minor premiers, and you don't get it right on the big day. You, you, you know, same with Penrith. We played Penrith the year before, and we didn't probably play our best that day, and they were better than us on the day, and. You don't win. So it's not like basketball or baseball where you're best of seven. You know, you yeah. don't get it right. You can be the best team all year. Don't, the rest of them don't give a rat. You're, yeah. you're not the best team. So I certainly had that. You know, not reg- I think I regret, you know, a lot of people say they don't regret anything, but I re- regretted not winning the grand final when I had yeah. an opportunity to. And you, when you get older, you, you think, geez, I should have. You know, you know how unique the experience is. So going into that game at Melbourne, you know, I was really confident we we're going to win. Was, you know, the, you look around the team; they, it was just they, they. You could just see them get more serious as the year went on. Like, gee, I usually was asleep in team meetings. <laughs> you know, the semi-finals, he's stopping belly ache, stop the video, go back, look at this, and oh, he's, really? you know, and I'm sitting there like high five and Ryan Tandy and Will Chambers. Oh, he's going to look at it. yes, he's on. You know, they're, they're winning this the grand final. You know, like, you, know you could see the big dogs just focus, Yeah, the, the blinkers are on and everything just gets ups the ante. And when you're just riding on the you know coattails of that, you're one of the soldiers of the team. It's like, you beauty, these boys are, are going to take us to the promised land. And, uh, I remember 10 seconds to go, you just... Uh, you just for me it's like I remember watching the clock countdown it's like this is all I've ever wanted you know like yeah. that's all I've ever like now you know I'm married I'm looking to have a family but at that stage 28 rugby league was my life yeah. on and off the field you know every day I'll every second of the day I was thinking about what I you know I lived and breathed it and it's what I wanted to do from as long as I can remember two or three stuff so like this is this is it and, it, it. and it was it was awesome it was such a euphoric feeling and uh you know, then the debauchery of the, the celebrations come in and it's just glorious. And it was just, it's one of those times where, you know what, you can, I can get away with most things. I usually can get myself out of any situation. But when you win a comp, it's like green light. You, yeah, you, you can do whatever you want. As long as you, you, want, as you don't murder someone, <laughs> yeah. you can pretty much get away with everything else. But Have you still got your ring? They don't take them away. No, well, they can come, come and try and get it. Yeah. Uh, the funny thing was, um, oh, mate, it's... I was only on forty five thousand that year. I'm filthy. I wasn't involved in the in the rot. You know, that's, uh, that's right. I'm not filthy about losing the premiership. I'm filthy. Where, where's everyone else yeah. getting this? Like, uh, I come down. I sacrificed all this money to live in Parramatta. I got forty five thousand, and everyone else is getting extra. Uh, we're only five million over for three years. I was, was forty five thousand. All I wanted was fifty grand. Um, but it was quite funny. A lot of the press around that salary cap year. I would do it, you know, because I'd, I'd be I'd be able to spin some answers, and other blokes would blow up because they would hammer it, you know. And like, a, like I should, you shouldn't say a lot of clubs do it, but it's 
Mate, I mean, and a lot of clubs. A lot of clubs. I, I would, do I'd it. now have to say a lot of clubs do it, but I played at a lot of clubs, and I believe a lot of clubs have done it <laughs> yeah. or do do it yeah. in the time. Uh, I think even, most people. Uh, even Freddie you know? said that, yeah. like when the sort of when the what was the recent salary cap one where it was at the Sharks, like, it. and Freddie's like, mate, you look at the Broncos, yeah. they've got like a you know, say their their third parties at a million dollars, and then the Sharks are at three hundred grand. Like, if they're over the salary cap, they're still paying less for what, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, for their team than what Brisbane. Playing than what Brisbane is. Yeah, yeah. Every team yeah. seems to get done, even if it's in a yeah. small amount. Oh, mate, well, yes, especially those bigger clubs because yeah, the third party options are so big. But GI, it was back page the Telegraph, I think, or the Herald Sun. GI, this picture of GI opened his garage, there's a boat in his garage. <laughs> so. Look, someone's that's not a brown paper someone, bag nah, that's a fucker no, that's a boat <laughs> that's a big hessian sack um, there must be some grubby with the camera across the road hiding out in the car and they've gone and they've gone and snapped him open and there's so there's the boat in his garage and he's got no idea the camera's on him and he's opening in the garage so I'm up for media that day and they've gone well, what about you I with a photo I said what about it what was it they said the, the boat in the car it's no, 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 nothing there they said mate there's a photo of GI with a boat in his garage I said no no that's fine I said, no, that's, no. they said mate it's the front part, back page of the Telegraph Herald Sun there's GI opening and there's a boat in his garage I said no you're wrong he had to buy that boat to get out to the boat that the hell was still going. <laughs> <laughs> oh was that ever talked about like when you when you nah. were at the storm like does like, GI come and go mate fuck this boat's looking unbelievable uh, because the thing with Melbourne they, they didn't buy a team they, they, they brought they're like no I'm on a Slater he was a track work jockey no, Brisbane didn't want Smith all these teams knocked back there. Oh, and, course, and they yeah. develop them and, and the, the, the price of them being so good and to come through is you've got to pay more to keep them but as players, you know, and I've been around, and a lot of other the players didn't have much of a problem with it because everyone knows everyone does it. Yeah. And everyone knows that that doesn't make you win a grand final. Oh, it helps your team, whatever, but everyone's doing it. So, you know, they know how hard it is to, to work. So, the, team, the players were fine. We didn't, we didn't really care. We used to have a laugh. Oh. But uh, we played Canberra, and I was last out on the field to warm up. And anyway, that the spokes started, they were pretty ruthless, the Canberra fans. The bloke was holding $50 out over the thing, Cameron, Cameron Smith. She goes, fuck Smith here, take more money, take more money. And he did see me coming up behind Smith. He's going, here, Smith, go and have more money. And I just walked up and went, snaps, took his 50. <laughs> and he went, ah, oh, fuck, me $50. He's he at the security guard and I took his 50, put it in my sock, warmed up, come out, come out for the game and he's into me again. And after the game, I took it, I played with it in my sock. And I come out and I was like waving it back over me as I come in. I kept the 50. And I was like, oh, Brought a carton of beer on the way home for the boys. This plate was, this plate was blowing up. And blowing, blowing up. I said, well, mate, you were, he was, he was in the smithy, you know. Shit, mate. And you were waving at yeah. being smarter, and he was launching in these so I just snipped his 50 in. And, um, <laughs> played with it in my sock, and then like an hour later, the whole game, this is how weird I'm thinking, I can't wait to come back. And I'm thinking, I'm going to wave this 50 out. So we come back one, and I'm like kissing the 50 and sniffing it, going, yeah, like, waving it in front of him, and he's like, oh, he's over there. He's nearly jumping over the, over the race down. The race, he's launching into me. Uh, That's so good. Holy shit! And so when the when the salary cap thing happened, and you know the the stripping of the grand final, do you guys? I mean, I don't think that anyone really considers that to be a year when no one won the competition. You know what I mean? Even though sometimes you know certain like journals and shit will refer to it as such, but like, do you guys? 
when it was happening, you guys were just like, oh, well, fuck it. We still won. Like, you still had the experience. You're oh, still yeah. sort of, you weren't like, oh, shit, we're, you're still, oh, like, yeah. you're still, like, you know. they still, they can't take away your lap of honor or the, yeah. for which you got on the drink and you were celebrating, you know, or the, just that, yeah, the feelings true. or the, you know, the bonds or the, because you, you, you trained so hard for it and, you know, it wasn't that year for me. I'd been aiming for that since I was the age of three, you know? Yeah. So that's a lot of things, like, it's, but, you know, by the rules, we got caught. But like Ben Johnson said after the Seoul Olympics, you know, we, we cheated, but he's running in a fair race. You know, we, we cheated, yeah. but we we're competing in a fair competition, we believe. So, yeah. But, but we got caught. We can't win. And, um, you know, you look at, I think the one thing with the Storm, because they were so successful each year, they didn't break down each year. And so the, the Warriors, I think, in 09, they, they were a million dollars over and they only got four competition points. Where in 09, when we looked, Salary cap. We were only seven hundred thousand for that year, and we lost the premiership. But right. they they'd seen the total sum of the whole salary cap rorting and just took everything off instead of going well. well Doing a year by well, year. Well, this year you're two million over, but the next year you might only be four four hundred thousand, which is previously has been fines or competition points. Yeah. But because they were so successful, you look at Parramatta. They cheated and they won two wooden spoons. So it's certainly not a given. <laughs> um, you'd be filthy spending all that money getting two wooden spoons. <laughs> <laughs> Just think you're going to cheat, win the premiership, and have a good time doing it. You know, like so. Uh, but they're in the spoon that. business, though. Yeah. Yes, they, they are. are. They, they love, love the it. spoon, <laughs> mate. Um, how was the transition from footy to retirement? Yeah. How'd you find it? Yeah, I, 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 str- I str- really struggled. I, I, you know, when people say you should you should retire a year too early, I probably be, I retired probably a year too late, and I'm glad I did because I was done. I knew, you know, if I'd retired that year earlier, there'd probably be something always in me thinking, you know, you can should have gone one, one more. Because I felt like that at the time, and then halfway through the next year, I was like, mate, I'm, I was cooked. So I knew I was I was finished. Uh, retirement, I really struggled. Uh, and saying that, some might have said I've retired about five years too late, <laughs> 15 years too late. Um, but I really struggled because football is all I'd ever done. Yeah. You know, all I, I didn't hang my hat on being a footballer. It's not something I'd, you know, if you didn't know I'd play footy, it's not like I'm going, oh, do you know who I am? That, that wasn't what I was about. But that's all I'd ever done since I was, that's all I was known since I was three. You know, like I remember doing something in kindergarten, what do you want to be? And I wanted to be a footballer. Mm. I never thought about it. It's not like, oh, I want to be this and if I don't become a footballer, I had no backup plan. I want to play footy. Mm. So all I'd ever done was football. And, um, you know, for me, it's uh, every day was footy training. And like, it, it's the highs you get in footy are crazy. You know, you work hard for something all week to then to win. You know, and I miss that. Those high, well, where am I going to get some highs and the sense of achievement? And I couldn't find anything, and I didn't enjoy doing anything. You know, the comments, commentary stuff was good, but it's like I'm doing this to earn money, not because I wanted to do it. Yeah. You know, where footy, I didn't care if I didn't earn a cent. That like, and I loved everything about it—the bus rides, the trips, you know—and that's the stuff you probably miss more. Um, but it's funny, you know, the, the like when you've. You're really uh, important part of something, and, and then you finish and you retire, and you're done, and, and the lights go out. You know, it's mm. there's no one saying, you know, Finchy, join this box of Nike clothes, or Finchy Park over here, Finchy, here's some free drinks, or <laughs> Mr. Finch, do you need your ankle straps? It's over. Yeah. You know, no one cares. Yeah. You know, there's always yeah. a new star. You know, there's always the next next one up, and it's the new shiny. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's over, and, and no one cares. It's like you, you be sitting in your own. Well, what am I doing? Life goes on for people, you know, what I mean? and it's. 
And I got stuck in a rut, and I was comparing everything to footy. Yeah. Now people going, oh, go watch the sunrise in Bondi. I always like to place at North Bondi. I went down at 6.30 and watched the sunrise, and I'm like, who cares? <laughs> this is it. This is for watching the sunrise at Bondi. This is not the, what people do. Like, this is awful. Like, this, like, you know, it's not like winning a game on Sunday. It's not like scoring the try at Amy Park. It's not like beating the Broncos at Sun Group. This is it. Like, yeah. This is going to be awful this next 40 years of my life. Like, I really struggled, you know. Like, yeah. Everything I'd done because I was footy was at a different level, you know. Like the money you earn at an eighteen-year-old is different to a first-year apprentice, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, like just how you accept. You got walk into any nightclubs as drunk as you want in your game, is yeah. you know, like your experience with different people. And the, I just lived it, you know. So it took a while to readjust in your, your brain to. How did you readjust? Oh, a lot of alcohol. Um, I, yeah, I struggled there for a while, and then that's what you get. Know, I had a lot of free time and money and. Yes, you just don't know how to handle yourself. I just because I think I, I you have to accept that your next part, phase of your life you're never going to love anything like football. Nothing's going to nothing's going to compare, compare to, to it. And for a long time, all you're doing is chasing something that gives you that high. And usually, a lot of that's with alcohol or any any other social activities you do, which mm. is it might work for a little period, which did for me, but. It, if you keep going down that track, you're going to end up broke or in jail. Or and I was heading down the wrong path, so I spent some time in um, some rehab clinics. In, in uh, first of all, over in Kirkall, then in, in Thailand. So and I just had, I had to deal with a lot of stuff around footy, and it was like breaking up a marriage. Like they, I never had a missus when I played footy. Went for, was it for me? And then all of a sudden, it's it's gone. It's gone, and so I had to deal with a lot of stuff and realise that you know this is welcome to the real world. This is you're not going to have that again. You, just, you know you. Your week's Monday to Friday, where it's not like you get to train a week, then your week finishes playing in front of 15,000 people. That doesn't happen anymore, you know. Mm. So everything I was trying to compare to football, that, that just kind of happens. So yeah, each week it, it gets better, you know. If, if I'm feeling better, you're getting better, but it, it certainly it's taken a few years to, to to get to a different point, you know. Yeah, and how how, help, how helpful was the therapy and doing all that yeah, sort of shit? Yeah, it, it was great, you know, from a, lot of, from a sense of a lot of stuff dealing with some of the, the issues and the things I was doing in my life but understanding why and, and the you know where you're at and actually just going well you know it's not going to be like that forever and yeah. I can't do this now you know the, like that's you know where I'm at in my life that, that you can't live like that you know I'm not 25 anymore and the answer for me for so long was just go get on the drink you know mm-hmm. that's you know you're 37 wake up and it's, you know because if you don't you know your life goes by pretty quick you're going to be a lonely in, you know, old man. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was lucky. I, I met me Mrs. Ellie, who stuck by me through that. I don't know why she stuck by me, but she's a trooper. <laughs> she's got, she's gone through plenty, and we got married at the start of the year. And um, you know, it, it's been a lot better. It's been, it's been good. So it's, uh, yeah, just the knowledge around it, and you understand that for a long time I'd do my heading because I'm going, this is not like footy. Yeah, how hard, you know. Now I understand you accept it. You, yeah, it's again, not meant it's to gonna, be like yeah, footy. It's nothing's going to be like. You know, I yeah. remember listening to Brett Favre. The old Green Bay Packers quarterback, yeah, yeah. like he's what was my hero growing up, and he's just going. He, you know, they, they experience. He goes, "Nothing's going to be like throwing a touchdown at Lambeau Field." He goes, "But I've got to just accept that, you know." And it's talk just about acceptance and realization that that's not going to be. That's not. That's not, not your yeah, reality. Not gonna, yeah. Yeah. And it's not reality for a lot of people. That's a unique life I've lived, and yeah. I was lucky to do it. But you know, you find other things in life, and hopefully for me, the next part's now. Um, you know, start the family. Hopefully. Yeah. Well, so now now you are you're sort of your post-footy career with Fox, 
the professor show. You're with Maddie John, Maddie Johns. You're doing the commentary. Um, you were saying before you're doing it because you had to as an earn, but it seems like now, like especially with like the show, like the professor, that seems like a great. That seems like a lot of fun and a great like as, from a rugby league perspective as well. It's different from just your well, let's get down on the field and commentate about you know the X's and O's of yeah. this play and all that bullshit. Like you get to really sort of take the piss out of rugby league from a, an angle that I don't think ever really has before. Yeah, it's great. I'm really enjoying. Obviously, I've enjoyed this stuff more and more. Since I've sorted me myself out a bit, um, Fox is really good for the role I play. I cover a bit of both. I I like talking serious footy and analysing it. I really enjoy that, and, and I think that's something I can do. Absolutely. But I love that other side. You know, you sitting on the couch talking shit with Fletcher and Maddie, which is, which is great. And the professors, you know, such he's so smart and comes up with some really wacky stuff, which is great. So I enjoy that side too. So I enjoy the ability to to come, you know, change in and out of seriousness and, and a joke. And being a fox with the Fox Fox League Channel, it gives you the opportunity to. Um, Explore both those so much content fully. you need. You know, thing with when I was at nine, there's only a footy show on something. You know, the Sunday games, yeah. like it's hard. You know, so there, there's, there's plenty of good people that work there. And best thing about being commentators, like all of a sudden, I've never played a bad game, and I'm an expert. You know, <laughs> which is fantastic. They forget all your bad games. And so I think she watches this young halfback down there, and I'm like, why are you asking me? I would have kicked out on the floor. You know? like, I made more mistakes than anyway. You, know? you get some of these other folks going, I should do this. I should. like, hang on, I played against you. You weren't. You made errors as well. Like, yeah. so it's great. We we get the job. They go, well, what should they done now? So hang on, let me watch the replay eight times and then I'll give you an answer. <laughs> so it's really good. I try and bag myself a bit, you know, because I don't want to come across as known at all because I certainly made more errors than anyone. But, you know, they, you know, they have a bit of fun and mm. you still get to be involved with footy and go out to games. and Yeah. You know, so when I look at it, as much as I struggle with transitioning, it's probably the next best thing, you know, and I've still got a great job and um, still get to have a bit of fun on those shows, taking the piss and having a laugh but also talking some serious footy as well. So do you, once the season's over, do you have... Just time off till the season kicks off again. Do you have anything on the side you do, or you like? Do you have what's? what's got anything on the side? Yeah, I got a cute little eighteen-year-old on the side. <laughs> <laughs> Only joking. Only joking. <laughs> that was a joke. Yeah. <laughs> Jack and darling. Please um, note that was a joke. <laughs> Only joke. Uh, Only joking, darling. Love Ellie. Um, yeah, it's uh, yeah. I've um, I've gone away. Well, I got married at the start of this, so I didn't get a chance to go on a honeymoon. So we'll go to Hawaii. Um, Beautiful. Being the bride for for a couple of weeks, which will be great because I'm really looking forward to getting in the sun considering I've been sunbaking on the moon for the last five <laughs> months um, and my neck shade's invisible if you see it I'm going yeah, you're yeah. translucent yes, I can see um, you're blending into the so walls so I'm looking forward to getting uh, a bit of sun over there um, and my missus um, she's from Melbourne Ellie's from Melbourne her family's from Melbourne so we get down there for periods of time and, and Ellie's family owns a, a traffic management company um, down in Melbourne Ellie's dad and her brother so uh, if we're down there for long periods you know what it's like staying at the in-laws house so I, I get out and work for them as much as possible do you really? I get, yeah I'll do some I'll get on the stop go um, <laughs> yeah. at night yeah it's, really? They, well, they, well it's a lot of stuff around the um, you know your, your train lines your, your, um, you know the, the road works around train lines that go across the car you know, yeah. so you got to work the traffic around oh. uh, when they're fixing train lines and that and um Anyway, I did my certificate while I was down there because, you know, we go down there for two or three weeks at a time. And, yeah, you may as well you know, make yourself. You're stuck in the in-laws, you're sitting around all day. It's, it does your head in a bit. So, I thought, you know, I may as well do some, some work while I'm down here. So I get out there and I, I uh, one of the first times I was down well, I, I started that when I didn't have a job. When I lost my job at nine, I'd come out of rehab in Thailand. I'd, I needed money and I needed a bit of hard work and, 
um, something to make me a bit responsible and accountable to. So I've done that. And I'm outside of Melbourne, about about 40, 40 minutes outside of Melbourne. We're down at this train line and we're steering traffic around one of the level crossings. Um, and I thought, oh, I'll be fine. It's middle of the night. Like, I'm, you're working 11 till 5 in the morning. Shit. And this car's right. One car comes parked. Like, you're sitting there. Like, it's not many tra- much traffic at that age, but you just got to be there in case because the, 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 they're fixing the, the level crossing. So there's one car comes past in, like, five hours. I thought I'd be sweetie it's the middle of the night I'm holding I stop the car and then let him through and the guy goes Finchy I'm like what I said pitch black dark we're 40 minutes outside of Melbourne like no one knows league in Melbourne and the one car's come past and here I am under me hard hat and in me in the his high knees with me stop go stop go sign stop slow and he's and he's picked me I'm like oh this will do me but, but it was good it got, got me back to doing a bit, of, bit of hard work was, yeah. I wasn't hard work in terms physically but a bit of reality almost is that what you're talking about yeah like, it was and, you and, know and, like in terms of coming from footy and you kind yeah. of go this is actually how people well I had it. about 48 chances there in commentary you know I was in there <laughs> and Steve Crawley stuck by me and they gave me he gave me another chance at Fox which mm. goes well, I wasn't. I hadn't done. I, I left school halfway through year twelve to play footy, so I got no qualifications to do anything. So this is what you're doing if you're not, you know, if you yeah. stuff up again with with commentary. So make the most of this. Um, so it's a good little reality check every off season that you know if I this is what I'll be doing yeah. if I don't. Nice. Which there's nothing wrong with that, but it's no, but just in terms of where, from working what from you can do. eleven to four at night to. <laughs> Three o'clock till six o'clock on Sunday afternoons. Call on footy, sitting in a nice commentary box. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, we'll say this before. Who do you think is going to win? I'd probably go Storm because yeah. you know, I, 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 like, I still like both clubs. Um, a lot of my mates, not many. I never played with any of the guys there at the Roosters. Uh, mm. Still, great, many and a few of the great people involved in the club I spent time with. But Storm, there's still a lot of close mates. Bill Chambers is one of my close mates. Smithy, Bill, um, you know, a lot of good mates down, a lot of good young kids down there. So. Um, I know I'd like I'm I'm a big fan of like dynasties and champions you know a lot of yeah. people a lot of Australians don't like that but I love like the Patriots and Tom Brady and the old Yankees teams and the Jordan era in basketball because to be a champion like a lot of people we don't want to see the storm they've been there before well I'd rather that because you know to be a champion you're, you're going to then work twice as hard to achieve the same thing you know yeah. like and they do it and that's every year the storm keep coming back for more and I just think it's amazing what they've done and I'd love to see him go, you know, be the first team to go back to back. Yeah, it'd be fitting, I think, for yeah. Smith and Slater to go back to back. Yeah. Like, if anyone was going to, to do it, yeah. you'd sort of, I mean, in some ways, you'd probably want them to. Yeah, oh, I'm glad you did. A lot of other New South Welshmen don't. But, I, no, but I'm with you. Like, I like champions. Yeah. I like dynasties. I get around that yeah, shit. Yeah, I love know? it, you know. Like, it's, it's, and to win it as an underdog is still hard, don't get me wrong. But the, the, when you think about it, if, if you finish eighth, you can put in a certain amount. And you see like a giant step in your, like you could come second. So yeah. there's reward, and you see that reward. You win it. You've got to do twice as much work just to achieve the same thing. That's you know, I've got to now work twice. It's hard enough just to do it. Now I've got to work twice as hard as what I just did to do get the same thing. You know, yeah. and that's why it's so hard to go back to back. You can still work hard, but you only have to be a little bit off, and you don't you don't win again. Yeah, and um, that's why it's, no one's done it since the Broncos, and no one's certainly done it in the salary cap era. And if the Storm can do it, you think the year before they this year they only lost by two points to the Sharks. So they, they, yeah, you know, they could three. be two in a row already, but obviously the Sharks were great that year. But you think that you know it's they lose as many young kids at Torhill Harris and uh, Jordan McLean, Dallas Cooper. 
So to be where they are now, like, I heard some criticism on they're not the same team as they were last year. Of course they're not the same team. That's why it's unbelievable yeah. that they're even there. You know, yeah. like, they're beat, like Mick Innes saying they're beatable and they're vulnerable. Totally agree, but that's why I think it's such a great accomplishment because they've had 87 halfbacks. Belliak actually rang me and seen if I wanted to play halfback. <laughs> so you're not going that bad, Belliak. But they've chopped and changed and that Torhu Harris they've lost. Jordan McLean obviously lost Coops, who's one of the greatest halfbacks of the last 50 years. So um, that's the achievement in itself that, you know... They're there again after all, you know. Another year the club stays up there when they've dealt with so many changes and uh, so many, you know, so much distraction in in the player movement. Yeah, right. Okay. So just to wrap up, this is just something I wanted to ask at the end. For anyone who listens to us, they wouldn't know this because I've never spoken about it. But my old man is uh, Billy Birmingham, yeah. the twelfth man, and I was telling him that you were coming <laughs> yeah. on today, and he was like, "Can you just uh, can you just tell fin- Finchy I miss his prank calls?" Yeah. And I was like, I was like, "What do you mean, prank?" calls and he's like just ask him about yeah. it uh, yeah me and your dad um, we met about 10 years ago when we got on really well um, had a few nights on the drink and had a really good time we met through another mutual friend of mine and yeah we did just just want to just kept bumping it was a lot of period of time just bumped each other out a couple of times we caught up around the, down the pub and whatever and anyway um, I went down to Melbourne and anyway my phone was out Something like I rung some. I had a bottle shop number or something in the twenty-four hour bottle shop, or something, and, and then <laughs> Billy's number was. His, and I kept so they seen that, and they go, oh, "Cooper Cronk, that's not Billy." Talking about, I said, "Yeah, fuck, it is." Like, so I'm just down there. So I'm thinking, like, oh, he's seen it. I'm thinking, "Yeah, that's right." I don't know, I don't know people, you know. Like, I'm, I'm getting out with celebrities. Go, just like, do you want me to call him? So this is like, this is like four o'clock in the morning, three thirty in the morning. <laughs> So I'm talking about I'm thinking, fuck, please, Billy, don't answer. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I'm here, I said, yeah, I'll just call him all the time. Billy answers me all the time. I'm thinking, he's going to think I'm a pest, your old man. So I put on my answer yet. And uh, your old man answers at like quarter to four. He's just sleeping. He woke up and answered. I'm, I'm, I'm like, at the boy. And, uh, and I was just going, oh, what's doing, brother? I said, come on, give us some rabs. Um, send us out to some rabs before you go out to sleep. And he went, oh, the Brett Finch, the Paramount and the Fetter. Down alley, they just went on this rant. And uh, Chambers and Cooper Crock were there. And there he stitches. And uh, he goes, see you later, brother. I said, see you, mate. And hung out. And I said, yeah, I do that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I caught Billy all the time, so he made me sound like we were the best he could have run he goes what the fuck do you know? like, stop calling me I'm calling the police just talking but your old man was a ripper so I, every time we're out the boys are going go call Billy like so I started calling him and it got to a period of time like I'd, I'd end up pretending not to call because the boys were wanting I thought this bloke's going to hate me so I said, your old man was always a good sport he'd be asleep and he'd always miss like 4.30 hello and I go what are you doing I was like yeah I'm asleep I said why are you answering me calling but he, but he was awesome and uh, he always you know put on one of his voices or one of his characters and and, uh, especially at three or four in the morning when you're sitting around, the, the boys just loved it. They had a great laugh. Oh, God. Oh, well, yeah, he sends his best to say good day. All right, mate. Well, Eddie, you got anything else for us? <laughs> no, mate, that's it, I think. Great thank, yarn, thank, Yeah, thank you very much for coming in. Really Thanks appreciate me, it. Boys. It's uh, a bit different uh, than having to talk some serious stuff. On, yeah, uh, absolutely. So thanks for having me. It was great. Do we want him to call out? You know, we had Drew Mitchell on last week. We're trying to get uh, Angus Crichton on and uh, Curtly Beal. So we had, do we have anyone in mind? Well, not off the top of my head. No, but if, if, who, who do you reckon would be good who, for who, you? Who do you reckon you could get? Like, I mean, I've worked with Joey. I don't know if Joey's going to be out with yeah, you. Joey's... Do you reckon you could get... Joey's could not get a Joey, great storyteller. He's a great liar. So, which, a bit like me, it makes the stories even better. Uh, so tell us a story, Joey. Old or new, make it up if you have to. Well, 
he's, he's had a newborn, but he's had a little baby That's girl. That's true, actually. He's probably going to be still, very... But still, we can get him. He's actually sleeping more now than, than what he had before the, baby, before the baby girl is on the drink. He's not allowed to drink now because the, the Lily's little girl's here, so he's sleeping more than ever, like yeah, 30 yeah. minutes a week. So he's ready to go. Uh, so he's fresh as a daisy. <laughs> so, mate, we're calling out, Joey. Get down here with the boys. It's Cleveland Street, just down the road. You're just over the hill at Bronny, so get your ass down and talk to the boys. There we go. Perfect. <laughs> Thank you, mate. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me, boys. Could you two just not talk anymore? At Liberty Financial, we're free thinking. Not in a let's all live in huts, roam naked and eat wild berries kind of way. We're financial free thinkers. Look, you want to get a loan from someone you can trust, right? Back in the day, mum or dad would have said, there's only one place to go. Well, not anymore. You've got options. Free thinking options. And you can trust that at Liberty, we won't treat you just like everyone else. Call 13 11 33 or visit liberty.com.au. Liberty, free thinking loans to help you get financial. Lending criteria apply.